Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I think Bart and Lisa are feeling a little upset right now. Isn't there something you'd like to say? There sure is. Kid, you tried your best and you failed miserably. The lesson is never try. <laughs> right in the butt. <laughs> that was great. I'm playing our stupid intro, and I'm I'm fully aware that we have like an iconic professional writer in the green room also watching our stupid intro, and I feel nothing but shame as I see these stupid images just like run across the screen. So yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, I'll, cool. maybe I'll change it. <laughs> the world in school, but, um, but also I, I the famous that. spider pig running across the screen. <laughs> Exactly. So this is going to be a fun, this is going to be a really fun episode because I, I famously, and this is a huge joke amongst my friends, but like I wasn't allowed watching Simpsons growing up. So I, I know. Because y'all were the Christians, right? Yeah, we were the Christians. My parents, my parents just thought it was like, I think they taught, I don't know if they thought it was vile, but I think it was like too, it was too smart and chippy. Yeah. And I think they were afraid I was going to grow up to be like a sarcastic dickhead if I like watched it. (laughs) Which happened anyway. So which happened know, anyway. They yeah, they could but, have they could have stopped nature. Oh yeah, my god! They couldn't stop it. But um. Anyway, so this is Did You Reddit, a weekly podcast about the internet by way of Reddit, the front page of the internet. My name is It's Your Dad. I'm Dog Boobs. Hi, my free day. Recording uh, not from then, the studio. Not from the studio. Where are you right now? I'm in my childhood home in uh, Northern wow. California because we're on fourth got- four year four year old spring break. Cool. Oh my god, that's the wildest! Back into your your childhood home. Yeah, no, we're on on that downhill. (laughs) We're on spring break. We're uh, we're we're visiting family. Yeah, Northern California kindergarten spring break. Is it like COVID nightmare up there? People just completely partying, maskless. Uh, there's no. It feels like the safest place in the world to be for COVID. Everyone's miles apart in the woods. The nobody's here, and everyone's in Gore-Tex, which uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> cures COVID. <laughs> it cures it. <laughs> That's so funny. Fleece and Gore-Tex definitely work against COVID. Pretty sure, you're right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So as as we've alluded to a few times now, so so this week we have a very special guest. Um, who's also part of the Believe Network um, and is, I believe, I actually, you know, I'll, I'm going to just pull him into the stream right now and then I'll let him give us his like full statistical breakdown. Um, but Or we could butcher his life story. Or we could but... butcher it. Mike Reese. <laughs> here I am. Uh, nice to be welcome. here. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I know. Hey, I love you. So Mike is the um, longest tenured Simpsons writer of ever in the history of the show is that what i know it's funny i i've i've been saying it i didn't coin it and then al Jean, who's now my boss he was my writing partner for years he said he's been there like two weeks longer so <laughs> he objects to that so yes i am the second by two weeks it's like the simpsons for years would brag oh right. we're the longest running show on tv and I think we came up, I think Law and Order came on two weeks later, something like that. So we always had this record. Nobody knew that Law and Order would have had it except by like two weeks. Dick Wolf, <laughs> he screwed up. <laughs> I think neither Dick Wolf nor your boss are here to defend themselves. So as far as we're concerned, you are you are the winner. 
Yes, yeah, so the just both the these men are just system. crying their eyes out on their gold yacht. <laughs> They're watching right now. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, we don't know if they are or aren't watching this stream right now. So there's a, a real possibility Dick Wolf is watching right now. He's on every week. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, well, welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us. We've um, we we've been very excited to have you on. I know that uh, I so uh, Friday is a writer in in LA. I'm I'm a writer in like less interesting terms, but but everybody we the world of The Simpsons I think has defined comedy for generations now. I think it literally is safe to say at least two generations. Wow. So so I, I think it's it's really interesting being able to talk to you about this stuff. And I think with the, through the lens of Reddit, which is obviously what our podcast is all about, we you know we there's a world of obviously the the Simpsons subreddit itself. But I think what what has been really interesting the last few years has been all of these predictions oh, that Simpsons has, have made. Had to lead with that, okay? Sure, to lead with why that. Not? And and but I think it's I think it's a testament to your writing. I mean, I think this is what what I think is so interesting about that topic is it is like speaks to the brilliance in the same way that like Mike Judge, you watch a Mike Judge, you watch Idiocracy or something, and you're just like, man, that guy really knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And I think you would ask Mike Judge, and he'd be like, "No, I didn't know it was going to happen. I just like looked at what was happening, and I thought, wouldn't it be crazy if this happened?" And then it did, right? Yeah. And and I, and I, I, have a, I have a feeling it's probably similar to The Simpsons, but I, but you know, it's nice being able to talk to you about it because I think you can talk to some of these specific instances of that and the show's inception. Yeah, the, it's a great, great topic, and it just gets bigger and bigger, and. Uh... The hard part is only nobody has come up with sort of here's our glib, quick answer to that. And right. you don't want to be too much of a jerk. It's been great for the show in that I think a lot of people, younger people, are just watching the show like it's a psychic prediction show. What will happen next? <laughs> they don't know it's a comedy. They don't know it's a cartoon. They're just looking for click. You know, it's we're like QAnon. They're just sort of right. okay. What, <laughs> the what little Simpsons pearl problem. of info will they drop us next? So it's good <laughs> for the show. But on the other hand, you know, the Simpsons is a very cynical kind of place, and this is just the kind of thing that makes you think people are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's cynicism built on it's cynicism built on an intelligent way of writing. I think. I mean, I was watching some last night because I was obviously coming into this and my girlfriend was watching something else. I was like, you know what? Like, let's watch some Simpsons. Cause I like, I, you know, I, like I've said in the beginning, the preamble of the show, it's like, I wasn't allowed watching Simpsons as a kid. So like yeah. my Get friends are constantly You've said that three times. You're That's a grown man. I know. Yeah. I know. I don't know. It still feels like, weird. Oh, terrible just, they don't let me. I know. <laughs> It's very, it's very, uh, I, I, I can't get over this. I, I go to therapy about it now, is, is the, the thumb by which I function under my parents. That's your, um, that's your was, victimization card you like to play. It is, it is yeah. my victimization card. Well, as a man growing up who never was allowed to watch The Simpsons, uh, and then you lead into it. Exactly. They're listening to you right now. Yeah. They grew up without shoes. It's not an American luxury. Man. It's an American necessity. They afford a vaccine. But yeah, <laughs> go on. Um, so, so I was watching it last night and I was like, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to say I was stunned at how sharp it was, but I was amazed at how much I was laughing out loud and I was doing the kind of laughter that I like, which I was just kind of going, <laughs> and then I would just like kind of go back to like half paying attention and then something would catch my ear and I'd be like, 
<laughs> and then it would just go back to having attention, which I think is like for me is a mark of of really good writing is because it's just like it's something that catches and then moves on. And so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so so why don't we um, and I also, by the way, I also want to talk about some of your travel experiences, because just just because we do want to plug you have a podcast as well. I have a podcast. And yeah, you have a podcast and it's all it's all hilarious. Well, I don't know if it's all hilarious. At least the one episode I listened to this morning was it's a hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> story, a, a hilarious story of you traveling um, through Nepal. And it's just seemingly just these these stories that you write about your travels. Right. That's it. Yeah, I have. a, And it'll, it, when we talk about it, it all does tie into The Simpsons somehow. So people we, we're not we won't shift gears radically, but. <laughs> Very quickly, just to set it up, is the idea that when I'm not working at The Simpsons, I travel, and I've been to 134 countries, and I go to the places nobody wants to go, like Iran and Syria and Libya, and I've been to I was in I've been to the North Pole and stuff like so, and I can tell it funny. That's why you should. (laughs) It's not boring. I was listening to the episode about Costa Rica and Uh describing the sloth in the trees. I can't think of a better description than a big furry pair of tree testicles from like (laughs) 40 yards away. Like, how are you supposed to tell what that is? Like, it's just, I love it. I haven't traveled a whole lot. And like listening to the episodes that have come out, I already know I'm like really pumped to listen to the episodes for like Iran, the North Pole, like you said, like the really, really crazy places. And the, the other thing Simpson-y about it, and then we'll get back to Simpson, is just the idea. I'm sort of telling you the truth that nobody tells you about travel. Yeah, right. And some of it's very happy surprises, like that Iran is one of the nicest places in the world. I can't wait to go back there. But like uh, tomorrow, what we'll launch tomorrow is an episode about the Northern Lights. I went to Iceland in the dead of winter to see the Northern Lights, and the Northern Lights suck. Wait, <laughs> what? They suck. <laughs> it didn't change your life? And, what? And you've all, you know, no. I mean, it's sort of this kind of massive <laughs> lie that's been going on. Because here's the weird thing, and again, we'll get back to some <laughs> The Northern Lights photograph beautifully, and it... They look great on camera, and they look like crap in person. They just look like <laughs> smoke coming out of an ashtray. And, Amazing. And, and that's it. So, you know, it looks good in pictures. So you see it in a magazine. you got to go. And then you go there, and you're, you feel like an idiot. But then you take these great pictures. You show your friends. Nobody, nobody in the history of the Northern Lights has had the courage to say, these suck. Don't go. <laughs> Finally, you're able to like stop the big Iceland tourism conglomerate <laughs> from continually perpetuating these trips. Let's yeah, just find the bullshit. It's, it's funny not about that great. The travel shows, like as you're talking about it, there aren't that many, or I've, there's zero travel shows that I can think of that are at all humorous. They're all so self-important about the majesty of whatever they're looking Very at. True. And I've been to a handful of countries, nowhere near as many as you, but you go to a lot of these places and you're like, this is kind of crappy. Like there's electrical wires. My eyes are burning from smog. Like yep. uh, I, you know, it's like hot or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is, but, but nobody wants to talk about it because they just dropped 10 grand and they don't exactly. want to come home and say, 
that it that it wasn't that great. <laughs> Everybody loves their vacation. I guess that's episode two. That was Costa Rica, where everybody tells you to go to Costa Rica. And at least yeah. it may be great 51 weeks a year, and I went the bad week. But <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a terrible time I had there. And I address I, I it at the end that, like, well, you spent a lot of money on a vacation. You don't want to feel like an idiot. So you tell people you had a great time. But wow, I had a bad time there. So, okay. Simpsons, what did they predict? They predicted I would have a terrible vacation. They predicted your terrible vacation. End of episode. There we yeah. go. Okay, thank you. There we go. It all ties up in a yeah. bow. It all ties up. I mean, it's so like our Christopher format, Nolan way, as well, put this together. Yeah. We, we do not have, we do this often where we will be like, we're going to talk about this. And then like, an hour and a half later we're like oh fuck we need to talk about that thing so it's not a big deal if we if we can we can talk about whatever and you know i think talking about travel is really interesting through your lens too because you know at the end of the day you, you have been to some crazy places so i would love to talk about travel more and the more i was listening to that podcast this morning which again it's called what am i doing here right what am i doing here yes right yes and so <laughs> podcast called what am i doing here also on the believe network which we are a part of as well so um i think there are you're three episodes in right we are three. Yeah, the number yeah, four drops. Four. Uh, and it's also tomorrow. the format is interesting too because it's not you talking. You have a hired gun who reads the stories, right? No, that's me. Oh, it's, it is. I, you're, you're, it's, it's somebody compared it to an audio book, which was nice. It is like an not, audio book. It's not, you know, just a bunch of people shooting the breeze. It's not that. You never hear a dog barking in the background, which is <laughs> nope. what you hear on every other podcast. I am Our, ours included. Ours included, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, although my wife is now grinding something. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> That's never, normal on our we've podcast. We've been married for 33 years. She never ground anything till this moment. <laughs> like, what could so possibly be grinding in there? <laughs> like a and pestle, just like yeah. just <laughs> yesterday. We're getting into spices, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I think it's cinnamon. So, uh, now I forgot where I was going. Oh, the podcast. Yeah, you know, I, well, I'll, I'll tell it real quick, which is, so I work a day a week at The Simpsons. And uh, because that's, that's all I'm good for at this point. <laughs> and I would come in, the, you know, every Wednesday and everyone said, what'd you do this week? And everyone said, oh, I watched second season of Fargo and I did the true detective sucked and blah, blah, blah. And they go, Mike, what did you do? And I go, I went to North Korea or, you know, <laughs> I got kidnapped in Honduras. I had better <laughs> stories. And so wow. a guy at work said to me, this should be a podcast. This should just be you telling these stories. And he, he says, I know everyone in podcasting. He said, I got friends in Patreon, blah, blah, blah. So I said, all right, I'll do it. And, I, you know, I spent two grand on a big microphone and <laughs> I, I got all the equipment. I scripted these podcasts. They're not off the cuff. I'm, I hope they sound kind of funny. It's like stand up. Oh, yeah. It's very polished to sound natural. Um, I make the three podcasts. I send it to my friend who knows everybody in podcasting. I go, so who do you know? He goes, 
I don't know anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to come across. He just wanted to look like a big shot. So luckily (laughs) I had a friend from believe and uh, he hooked me up. Otherwise I'd be, I'd be so mad. Are you writing, (laughs) are you writing the stories from memory or, or journals or notes or, I mean, it's, it's almost all from memory. So you get that kind of impressionistic. It's not research. It's not Rick Steve. It's like, and so it's a lot of talking about here was a horrible hotel I was in. Here was yeah, a right. waiter that tried to punch me. It's just the things that really mm-hmm. stick in your head more than uh, the cultural it. surroundings. So and, it would be hard to replicate the trip one for one because the details might not be there. Of, no, of, I, I even <laughs> wonder, I go, geez, how true are these stories? You know? <laughs> but they're sure. funny stories cool. and... Uh, and, you know, I do, I'll go to Wikipedia. I could work much harder. You know, I, I, we have 100,000 photos uh, that I could be looking at, but I don't. I just sort of, you know, it, this is what stuck with me. And if it, right. and it's got to be a funny story or I won't tell it. It's like I've been to Spain five times. Nothing funny ever happened. So you're not going to hear about Spain. You know, get right. with it, Spain. <laughs> and the other, so, and really quick, just the other thing about the production of the thing is, I knew nobody's going to want to hear this voice for fifteen solid minutes. So a lot of the stories involve my wife saying, "Let's do this, let's do that." So I said, "All right, I'll get her in, and she'll play herself whenever she's got nice. dialogue." I love that. And then I said, you know what? But then uh, half the stories are me dealing with a tour guide in Africa or a waiter in South America or something like that. I said, I need a voice actor. And then it hit me. There's a doorman in my building (laughs) who he saw me 15 years ago. He saw me on a Simpsons documentary and suddenly goes, I got to audition for this guy. So every friggin' day, this man has auditioned for me as I leave the building <laughs> at the beginning of the day. He does a little shtick. I come home at night. He does a new character. 15 <laughs> years of auditioning. And so I said, I'm going to give him a break. I'll, let, me, Hell yeah. let me use him in the podcast. He's at least here, you know? He's yeah. in the building. So I bring him up. I give him, you know, he's playing 15 different roles. I put him in front of the microphone. And the guy's friggin' excellent. He's so talented. Wow. He's been able to do every character I've thrown at him, men and women. He had to be uh he had to be Werner Herzog last week. He had to be Werner Herzog talking to a guy in the Ivory Coast. So he's German and an African. And uh he he did that beautifully. He takes direction great. So he is you know, wow. of all the doormen in the building, he is by far the most talented, <laughs> That's most talented awesome. voice actor of all the doormen in the building. The, the yeah. Hank is area of doormen. He's, like. really, he's literally as good as, you know, maybe not as good as the Simpsons guys, but <laughs> any professional I've worked with, he's absolutely as good as those guys. Oh, I don't man. know if that's, I, I don't know if that's good for, character. yeah, I don't know if a good sign for voice actors or a bad sign, but it is, you know, I feel terrible. <laughs> My sister even took a voice acting course. Is everybody wants to break into voice acting because they go, of course, I have a voice, I can talk, <laughs> and, and I don't have a face. Is, if you're a good voice actor, you can do 40 jobs a week. 
And in the early days of The Simpsons, before cell phones, these guys were all on pagers, like drug runners, and they would run from one job to another. So literally, you only need 30 people to do all the voice work that America can possibly come up with. So yeah. It's very hard to break into. It's like you don't need thousands of people to do voices. No, you don't. In the world. You just don't. This guy is good, and you'll hear him <laughs> on every episode. Maybe that's where podcasting came from. Everyone who <laughs> didn't have a job in voiceover became a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> it's like making your own business, starting your own business, kind of. It's like, shit. Yeah. No one will hire me, so yeah, I'm like, gonna make people listen now. to my voice. Yes, I'm starting a bar. Yeah, yeah. amazing podcast. I said, all right, I need my famous friends to to help promote the thing. Right, and I don't have that many famous friends, but I sent it to Weird Al Yankovic. Here's yeah. my new podcast. He's got five uh, million he's followers. Favorite person. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's the greatest. Al just he just wrote back to me said. You know, Mike, I was just sitting here thinking the world needs more podcasts. <laughs> oh, I love him. He's a little dark, cynical edge from Al. Yeah, absolutely great guy. That really made me laugh. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, we'll, be, we'll cool. have to get him on ours then. Because <laughs> he sounds like he loves the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He is like he's like Reddit's like favorite person though. There's there are a few people on in the world I think that receive universal acclaim. Yeah. And I think it's like Weird Al, Jack Black, maybe Steve Austin the wrestler. Okay. I think that's like the only ones I can think of. Like, Weird who else? Al, he is one of the greatest guys in the world. And you know, anyone who even digs a little deeply, a little deep into his past, sees oh he's brilliant. You know he. Graduated high yeah. school at sixteen, and it was the valedictorian. He's he's not at all weird. He's not, <laughs> but just tremendously nice guy. I thought and, you were going to drop a big bomb about Weird Al's uh, back backstory, his past, right there. No, no, you know, nothing. If you dig deeper, you'll find out Weird Al. And that was fun. I just went out. It's with a Q and honor. <laughs> we went out one day for lunch, and you know uh, it was on Hollywood Boulevard, and they stuck us right in the window. And Amazing. you could see, you know, everybody going by and I, re- I would see people looking in and I realized everyone in the world knows Weird Al. It's like your parents know who he is and oh, your five-year-old kid knows who he is. <laughs> he's, he's literally more famous than Mick Jagger. My dad wouldn't recognize Mick Jagger, but he knew who Weird Al was. <laughs> that's You know, that's actually an interesting accidental segue into the simpsons because i think i feel like that is really the story of the simpsons too in a way which i think is what makes it so powerful it's yeah. become this thing well it's not even become this thing I mean, it's been this thing for a long time but i think that you know you've obviously seen the homer backing into the backing into the shrubs mm-hmm. the gift always happening and the meme and like i think that the language now of of you know contemporary media consumption and sharing obviously with like the younger you know much younger than us is all through the the memification of media and like that is probably one. I think that's probably one of the most om, omnipresent memes on the internet. Is Homer backing into a, the the bushes? So yeah. that itself, I think, is is a testament to like how the longevity of that show. So anyway, all right. So let's talk a little bit about the Simpsons, and we'll probably talk more about travel. But okay, if we um, got to. One of my favorite topics. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay with it. Yeah. So <laughs> and the Simpsons so first travel. All, they go somewhere every year. <laughs> 
So, so, um, Frida and dog, dog, do you, do you, did you guys grow up watching the Simpsons? Well, um, let me tell you a little bit about my Simpsons journey. My, (laughs) my evil cousin and who is not evil anymore, by the way, uh, just Mike to give you a little background on my cousin. I, I recently uncovered a deck I made a presentation I made about my early childhood trauma. Like last year, I guess it was when I was unemployed. And I have an entire slide devoted to my cousin who was a bit of a bully growing up, but he introduced me to the Simpsons because he always had a bit of an edgier taste than us when we were really little. And we were like, my mom was very overprotective. So my cousin was the one who was like, you guys want to watch the Simpsons? <laughs> so I always felt like I was kind of breaking the rules when I was, so I guess we were, it's your dad and I were kind of both overly sheltered christian kids <laughs> right. a really sheltered christian kids really sheltered uh, christian kids but it's been a real like um uh renaissance as i've gotten older because i'm like tr- i'm trying to watch them all now but it's it's not as familiar with me as it is with eric jr i'll say <laughs> that kid was bad my cousin, my cousin. yeah he smoked oregano. He also. smoked oregano. He sold oregano. He used one of those like cool hand buzzer like pranks all the time. He was very cool. Watch out for him. That's a cool. That's a cool gesture. He was a cool. Guy. What about you, Fred? Yeah, I, I yeah, I was like a young boy and within my family, uh, I was the young one on the younger side. So everyone else has had already been watching The Simpsons. So I think I sort of got into it by proxy of just knowing they think it's cool and then sort of got into it that way but it was nobody was paying attention to me as a kid i (laughs) i uh i like my dad is like a junk collector he had like extra tvs in his garage i like stole one put it in my bedroom ran cable like out the side of the house plopped it into the side i had to take a tv going in my room when i was like a little kid they didn't know about it for like two or three years wow it was like one of those it was just it was chaos chaos at my house yeah yeah they they probably given up by that point so uh, love (laughs) and then i I can remember just not understanding a lot of the simpsons jokes that were over my head when i was a kid because my older cousins and brothers and stuff thought it was so so funny and i remember faking a lot of like yeah that is funny right (laughs) but i don't know why because i'm dumb (laughs) but i definitely was attracted to like just bart simpson because he was a boy with a skateboard initially that was like i'm in where do i sign up so I think a lot of people, when you're a kid, I think that was kind of the attraction. And I think that might have yeah. been part of why my parents were like, no, no bueno, the Simpsons. They were just like, Bart, he's a bad kid. I don't want you to yeah. be a bad kid like Bart. Yeah. No, so, on the other I hand, Lisa funny. was like the original feminist. And she was yeah, such an true. icon for like little girls who wanted to learn the saxophone. So yeah. Greta, like ripped, Greta ripped her off 100%, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Greta <laughs> totally ripped off Lisa Simpson's entire Ugh. personality. <laughs> I'm like, two of you guys were kind of raised Christian and repressed, and one guy has grown up in a house full of chaos, and you all wound up in exactly the same place. Look at yeah, us all place. here right it now. It just shows you parenting yeah. doesn't count for right. anything. We, exactly. all, we all ended up in our childhood bedroom today. <laughs> I, so I had an episode on last night of I was I too was watching Simpsons episodes like early episodes to catch up and my four year old I have a four year old boy who loves skateboarding and he's gotten recently into uh, Guns N' Roses. He he, he kind of looks like the, Bart. I love that he's into Guns N' Roses. So he loves Guns N' Roses. He sings. I, he just likes the rhythm. He likes that fast rhythm, you know. Yeah. But he's he's I think it was the first time he saw the Simpsons was last night and I, just because I had it on and he's like he just starts laughing at Bart doing Bart stuff. 
And it, he doesn't know really what he's saying, but he just, he sees the kid on a skateboard goofing around, uh, being a while. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, I like this guy. <laughs> he like, he's like, I like this cartoon. He's like, what is this? And I'm like, wow. So, it's, you know, he's in now. He's like been doctrinated. Oh my God. Oh, I love it. That's great. I mean, so it's only been a secret of the show. Because they're always going, what's the secret? But yeah. one is just, it has this giant audience, none of whom are watching it for the same reason. It's families mm-hmm. can Very watch true. it together, and they're all getting something completely different out of it. So, you know, I mean, it would be nicer true. to be something like Christianity. Everybody's going there for the same reason. But, <laughs> You know, us, we've got a million different small audiences. Mm-hmm. It, it, is a, it is a great point. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dad. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, too, thinking about it through the lens of, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, so many other shows now, I think, have in some capacity copied the formula or, or like not ripoffs of, but like, you know, Family Guy. I think the, 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 the same character development is based on the same idea. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think I think South Park is a little different because South Park is kind of its own weird formula and its own weird kind of genius. But but I think some of the more popular shows, even Rick and Morty, I think one would say has a little bit of the same nucleus. Right. Which is like you have a young, innocent thing and then you have the kind of old wizened weirdo. And then like watching those two things kind of collide in the same way that you see different aspects of the dynamics of the Simpsons collide. I think it's just, it goes again. It, I don't, I don't know what you guys base the original concept of the Simpsons on in terms of character development, but it seems like so many things have been derived from it since, right. That yeah. It really yeah, it shows that secret sauce, you know? Well, I cheated Mike and I've been listening to your book on audible. So uh-huh. I know the answer. I know the answer to that dad, but I'll let Mike maybe. <laughs> oh, what did I say? I mean, cause it may not be the answer I give now. Oh, you, yeah, I think you were just describing the Matt Groening, Groening's, you know, uh, pitch story of where the characters maybe came from and how they, he de- developed them in eight seconds or something. That's exactly true. That is, that is, I've been telling that story for so long. And then it was just <laughs> recently I heard James L. Brooks on a podcast. You know, the man never talks to me in person, but I had to listen to a podcast where he told the same story, which is Matt Groening had come in for a meeting at the Tracy Ullman show. And it was five minutes before the meeting. Somebody said, oh, we're excited to hear about your new project. And he had no new project. So in five minutes, he just sat there and invented The Simpsons. And I, I think the fans must know by now. But what a lot of people don't know is he invented it in five minutes. And how did he do that so fast? Well, Matt Groening's parents are named Homer and Marge, and he's got sisters named Lisa and Maggie. Right. <laughs> that so, is so good. It is unbelievable. So think, you know, if he had put like half an hour into it, how good it would be. <laughs> I, mean, I was, I, I related so to that. Insane. I was, I was related to that tidbit of information because I, I work in TV. I develop and pitch and t- it's like sell TV shows. And so, I, I've been in a hundred meetings where they go, this is just a general conversation. Right. Don't bring anything. They don't, they're not going to, it's not a pitch. You don't need to be prepared. And then you walk in, they go, what are you going to pitch us today? And you kind of go, Oh shit. I was told by everybody who wears suits, <laughs> who, who drive nice cars, that this is just a conversation. And then on the fly, you start improving a joke and it's more times than not, like they like that thing. Mm-hmm. than the thing you spent six months developing. And it's, it's, you know, I don't know what that is, but 
it happens all the time. Like, so I, I was relating to that story. Not that I've ever created or sold the Simpsons, but I'm a loser. And it's true that, you know, because you, you can go, <laughs> Simpsons, it was created in five minutes to be a one minute show. You know, it's the, right. again, people know who are listening that it started off as these one minute cartoons on the Tracy Ullman show. And I think a South part, the same way. That was just a video greeting card. I was one of the guys got the VHS tape in the mail. Here's a a card we made to to entertain our friends. And when I heard, oh, they're going to make a show out of it, I go, how? There's nothing there. But uh, they did it. I'm still Jeez. saying that. I'm like, there's, I don't know if the show's going to succeed or not. There's nothing there. <laughs> keep saying that. But I mean, I, I, no, you know, I'm I'm now relating. One of the things I love about The Simpsons is is we talked about earlier. But as as you you relate to the characters differently at different ages and or stages in your life. Probably. Like now that I'm a dad, like I've always loved Homer, but really Homer's really becoming uh, a relatable character lately. Because as a parent, you feel like you don't know what the hell you're doing. You're screwing up all the time and. And all, the best you can do sometimes is just love your kids, even though you're terrible at your job. Oh, and so, so Homer point. really is, is, is like, a, you know, he's a real beacon of hope for a dad like me who's uh, figuring it out. <laughs> so he's great. Yeah, we all, you know, writing the show, we would all, especially when we're, we were creating it, just Homer was our dad. And it was really how we perceived our dad more than how they were. It's like Matt Groening's father, Homer Groening, was a, a documentary filmmaker and a surfer, you know? But he, to, to young Matt Groening, he just looked like Homer, just looked like big and loud and angry. And my father was a physician who wrote history books as a hobby. And it's like, my dad was Homer too. And Sam Simon, one of the other big creators of the show, he always said, but yeah, my father was Homer Simpson. It's like (laughs) your father, your father was a Jewish millionaire with one leg. (laughs) I'll get an (laughs) idiot. But it really, I mean, I the perspective of the show's writing though. I mean, cause you, you are writing it from the perspective of Bart or Lisa, I think is kind of really the implication there is that, that kind of the perception of your, I mean, it reminds me of like Charlie Brown in a way where like the adults always speaking in gibberish on the phone. Right. Yeah. Where like that doesn't, it doesn't matter what they're saying. It's just a perception of them being a super supervisor character. Right. And, you know, I also, I mean, this is, this is a different thing entirely, but, you know, talking about that, that one, the, the kind of eight minute pitch or the eight second pitch or whatever. I always, I also always think about this with Disney where, you know, Mickey Mouse is three circles, right. And yeah. they've turned it into this unbelievable entertainment empire based on the tiniest, simplest drawing of a mouse. Right. And so I think it, it's just a fascinating thing that you could, you could, t- you could turn something as simple as like a, a nuclear family into the, the relatable kind of, you know, now three decades old kind of America's most important television show. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, it's very, very, very special. I think very special for a lot of reasons. I don't know about you guys, but I don't sleep very well. I'm really, really good at staying up late and staring at my ceiling and watching Wives with Knives and all the shit TV that is my favorite. Um, But falling asleep is not my strong suit. So I'm always looking for new ways to get my shit together. And the second that my head hits the pillow, my mind starts racing. What didn't I do? What do I need to do tomorrow? Blah, blah, blah. So if that sounds familiar to you, 
I know it sucks. Um, and luckily, I found a cure. It's called Sunday Scaries. And Sunday Scaries realized how to make products specifically for the overthinkers and the night owls like me. Sunday Scaries CBD gummies help me decompress, they clear my head, and they help me fall asleep so I can actually wake up a fully functioning human being. So no more sitting in bed, listening to my dog fart next to my face, doing absolutely nothing or absolutely everything except sleeping. So there's no risk to buy. In fact, the company offers a 100% lifetime money back guarantee. If the product's really not for you and you're noticing it's not giving you, you know, the help that you need, don't worry about it. Sunday Scaries is in the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. So just send it back, get your money back. Um, they're not going to try to make you hold on to something if it's not working for you. Um, if that doesn't give you confidence in the company, I don't know what will. So we got you 25% off to prove it. If you visit sundayscaries.com and you use my promo code reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T, for your discount, that's promo code reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T, for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're freaking amazing. You won't regret joining their squad. Check them out. Get a good night's sleep. Stop overthinking. Um, You'll enjoy them. Check it out. Cut. So I guess I guess getting into, you know, and like I said, I mean, we're going to be kind of like talking in and around the Simpsons all time. But um, let's get to the the subreddit Simpsons did it. OK, so I think I think Simpsons did it. So, you know, this is uh, the whole the whole show today and kind of this episode. If you're either watching on the stream, thank you for everybody that's watching the stream. And then and then uh, anybody who's just listening. So, you know, we when we got in touch with Mike. Uh, we were like, well, what, what is an interesting Simpsons subreddit that, you know, we, we don't, aren't going to just talk about like r slash Simpsons. We want to talk about something that was a little bit meatier. And I think that what's interesting about the Simpsons did it thing is I think every couple months now, I feel like people have like cotton on to this idea that the Simpsons predicts things. And so we're, we're constantly seeing these stories and there is a subreddit that kind of documents it in its most microcosmic form called Simpsons did it. But I also think that, you know, there's a, is it, what is this? (laughs) This was like the perfect meme I found that is a combination of the Simpsons and Mike's travel stories. I feel like (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's, uh, for anyone who's listening and not watching, it's, uh, an image of Homer in the Amazon going on a, uh, Amazon river cruise type of, uh, what's the word, uh, tour. And the tour guide, who looks suspiciously like Josh Gad, if you ask me, <laughs> says, behold, the Amazon, but quick, because we're burning it down. <laughs> 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 this was, I don't know what season this is, but assuming it's a prediction, this is probably well before we started destroying the Amazon in mass, like we are now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I laugh heartily. Always heartily. <laughs> I know. Um, so this is actually an interesting. Before we keep going, I know we are getting some questions from from anybody who's streaming right now. I'm going to try to hit some of these at the end, um, just so people know. I know I know somebody asked, which I don't know if you are uh, authorized to say this, but I think it's actually a good question: is how do you think it's changed since going to Disney? Um, oh, if you feel like if you feel like the the concept of the show has changed, or if kind of they the integrity has has remained the same, and and I think through the years in general, I think it's an interesting question. Do you want to pull up your political answer now, Mike? Or no, no, it's, it's, I'm, 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 I'm happy and glad that I can just say it's been great. Yeah. It's been How great. How is Walt and to you? Yes. They've, uh, you know, they 
they decided it's like, you know, when they bought us, they bought family guy too, but yeah, they don't right. tell anybody that. And I think uh, family guys on Hulu, but we're, you know, a big selling point. We're the number one thing on Disney plus. So right. they've given us this giant audience and they appreciate it. That this is something people are coming to Disney plus for. And thank God, you know, if you're buying Disney plus for your kid, there's something on it you can watch too. Mm-hmm. So Disney's been really great. They said two things. One, uh, they said no more smoking. They said don't show people smoking. And, you know, that's fine. It really knocks the character out of Patty and Selma. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. What about vaping? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We did a vaping show already. It's typical of Simpsons, which is, we did vaping, you know, it was, it was like, <laughs> we did it. It was like did a in story in one episode. Like that, yeah. So we can't go near there. Right? <laughs> they just wear like 30 patches each. Someone. <laughs> yeah. You know, or nicotine just, patches. Yeah. It's a little bit of a challenge. And what's funny is it, it shows you how quickly perception changes my whole life. I've seen people smoking in movies and then mm-hmm. suddenly they got rid of it. And it's, it's, you know, overseas, you can't see it at all. In a Japanese movie in India, in an Indian movie, you'll be watching a movie and you'll see something kind of tiled out something or, or blurred out. And it's a cigarette. So you can still see boobs and stuff, but you yeah. can't see a cigarette. And, Wow. You know, within a month of this policy coming in, I tune in TV and I see someone smoking and I go, ooh, that's bad. So <laughs> it just shows you, you know, you can change people's taste pretty mm-hmm. easily. And you I will say, yeah, it, yeah. It, I, like I said, my, my four-year-old's getting into Guns N' Roses, so I'll let him watch some YouTube videos of Guns N' Roses. <laughs> every time you say yeah. that, it will never not make me laugh. My four-year-old's getting into Guns N' Roses. But everybody in 1989 on the Sunset Strip is smoking 40 cigarettes at once. And and uh, and, and, he's always, and he's like, what are those things in their mouths? And I'm like, wow. oh, sh-. I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, lollipops. Those are lollipops. Yeah, and so and then he would like put the something in his mouth. Fun. Don't... And he, they're they're all smoking penises. <laughs> uh, but he like put something that he like rolled up a piece of paper and was like, and I'm like, ah, you see? and so he was mimicking it. So I'm like, oh, this is you know this is a real thing. See, this yeah. is factually true. Yeah. Like it is cool looking. It is. Yeah. Oh, he thinks it's the coolest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is yeah. objective. That's an objective reality. It actually it does look cool. Yeah. It's the one thing that we haven't been able to conquer. It just yeah. is cooler. I mean, we are we are a definitively pro cigarette podcast. I would say. <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, let's let's get to our first sponsor, Philip Morris. Philip Morris, <laughs> friend of the pod. Larry Cigarettes. Yeah. Um, but um, okay. So anyway, so, so I guess that, back that's to what Disney has done to us. No smoking. Yeah, okay, and great. The other thing we have a trick where we do you know we do all these musical numbers on the show and right uh traditionally we would take an existing song and instead of paying for it we would change two notes and then it was like now it's our song (laughs) and disney said don't do that anymore (laughs) and it's like you know good for you i mean we're yeah Here's the Simpsons. We're always fighting the bootlegs. And then here we are bootlegging songs by Stephen <laughs> Sondheim. So right. that's the, that's and literally that's the only thing Disney has said to us. That's and, good. Uh, well, luck, luckily, like, luckily, you have a uh, weird Al on your corner because I think yeah. he's pretty good, pretty good at changing songs for his benefit. So 
He That's awesome. You know, people don't know how Weird Al works, which is he it's uh you know, he has to go to the artist, say, Do I have permission to parody your song? Mm. And when he records a song, he gets no money for his lyrics. All wow. the money, all the all the song royalties go to the original person. Wow. And then he did a song. I know way too much about Weird Al. And that's why I'm here to talk about Weird Al. <laughs> he did the, a parody of the King song, Lola, called Yoda. Yeah. And he said that was the hardest song he ever had to do because he had to get clearance from the Kings and from George Lucas. And then they got all the money for that song. He he gets his performance royalties for being such a great singer. That's the, that's the business of being weird Al. He's he's running a charity too, man. He's just running. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, but it's that That's velvet insane. voice that brings in all the cash. I'm sure he told, a funny story. Yeah. he told a funny story where he had to meet with Nirvana. He said, I want to do a parody of Nirvana. And as cool as you want to think Nirvana is, they were so excited that Weird Al was going to parody uh, that's them. That's adorable. It makes them even cooler. Yeah. And Kurt Cobain <laughs> goes, so what are you going to do? What are you? And he goes, we're changing smells like teen spirit to smells like Nirvana. And they were like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Let down. We're hoping for something a little better than that. Um, amazing. Uh, oh, love um, it. Okay. So I guess, so I'm again, like, this is what we like to do. We talk about things and kind of go like, yeah, there's something in here that we're going to talk about the Simpsons. Um, but so I guess going back to the prediction. So I think yeah. the, the, the subreddit itself is Simpsons did it. So r slash Simpsons did it for anybody who's listening along. But I actually think a good starting point might actually be um, there's been a couple articles as of recent. We're talking about the biggest hits of this Simpsons predicted it world. Um, I think time actually did an article about it, which we don't usually use time as a reference, but I think this is a good reference point. Um, and I think it's, we should just go through some of these and talk about, like, I don't know if you were in the writer's room for it or um, why they 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 happened the way they did and kind of maybe some of your process about how you even struck gold on these. Because I think some of them, like, we talk about, like, Trump. I know there's, like, one reference to, like, Lisa mentioning Trump as she's kind of becoming president, which I think is, I've always, it's always interesting when people talk about Trump becoming president as a, like, they they predicted it was going to happen because it was used as this like sarcastic dystopian future for a yeah. lot of places and then mm-hmm. it happened and i think that there is i think for you it must be a very interesting experience having watched that happen being like damn this was not meant to be a documentary we did it not was meant to a do it joke. This way. yeah it yeah. was a joke and the amazing thing is a, people have to know, because everyone shows the wrong clip right. to show Simpsons predicting it. It was just two seconds in an episode set in the future where I think right. Marge says, wow, President Trump really wrecked the economy. Right. And this was such a throwaway joke that nobody remembers who thought of it. Nobody, you know, This right. is something that somebody would love to brag about it. Nobody remembers who thought of it. I know, I found out later, it wasn't the original joke even. It was President Depp. It was going to be Johnny Depp. And just think, uh, you know, uh, Johnny right. Depp could have been president. We said he was that. close. He, yeah. So it was Depp and nobody laughed. I think Depp was hard to hear. So they, it was a very last minute idea to change it to Trump. And it's a joke. And everyone will say, oh, it sounds crazy. But 
you know, he had already announced back in the year 2000, I'm thinking of running for right. president. So it didn't come out of nowhere either. We didn't. Totally. Right. So that's, uh, this is, this is part of what's wrong with an interview like this is I'll just take the wind out of everybody's shared belief with a long, <laughs> well, you do though, man. So, but like travel. Yeah. So, so like, about the Northern lights and then predictions. You're just right. like, take the wind out of them. Take the wind that's out of it. them. I, I am Mr. <laughs> Balloon prick. They call <laughs> Balloon prick. But so that episode was according to this, according to time, it was yeah. uh season eleven, episode seventeen, Bart to the Future, right? So um this reads, yeah. So this was as you know, we've inherited quite a budget crunch from President Trump. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is very funny. But I but I think that that I think speaks to the writing process a little bit where it's like, you know, he was running for president in two thousand, right? Like I you know, an analog now would be like Kanye West or something, right? If Kanye West, if you know, if you did an episode about, you know, in the year twenty forty and you mentioned Kanye West's presidency, right? Like he already tried to do it. It's like not that crazy that he would do it again, right? Right. There's uh, if I could jump into the history of this too, is uh on Rowan and Martin's laughing, which is Let's, let's call it the Simpsons of its day. It was sort of political comedy. It moved really fast. It was silly. It was smart. But on Ronan Martin's lap, and they would do news of the future. And one of the jokes was, the guy just came out in Washington today, President Ronald Reagan said, and that was it. That was the whole thing. He didn't even finish the joke. The joke was Ronald Reagan was president. So... <laughs> It's been done, and it can, you know that can happen. And you know if you get it wrong, nobody remembers. Right, right. But the second that's kind of like our other favorite uh, mystic predictor, which we've got two. <laughs> you, <laughs> the Simpsons, Mike, Mike Reese, and Baba yes. Venga, and Baba Venga. Baba <laughs> Venga is just to give you a quick little rundown, and anybody else who's new and listening, Baba Vanga is a Bulgarian mystic. From and she was in the writers' room. I think. <laughs> I think she was in the Simpsons writer room, writers' room too. She was a blind mystic who predicted quite a few things, including 9/11 and Barack Obama wow. uh, being the first black president. But I'm thinking she had a bunch of incorrect ones too that we just don't think about. Yeah, people but, just don't talk about the ones that yeah. she got totally wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those aren't fun to talk about. It's really fun to talk about the ones that you get right. Yeah. The other thing with, with the joke is very often to make a joke, you take something that's real and you go one step beyond it to make it look yeah. silly. And so this is an amazing one. This is, no, nobody knows this. The very first commercial parody on SNL when the show began. The very the first commercial they ever had was for a three-bladed razor. And it was like, because at the time, two-bladed razors had just been invented. And they're going, this is so stupid. Imagine there were three blades. And you could see that ad now, their fake ad. And no, you not even know it, it was a parody. You know, now we're right. Like right. Now we're like seven blades. <laughs> yeah. So this kind of thing happened. I and can I only imagine there'll be 10 bets. Yeah. Yeah. I did one in 1981. I was writing for National Lampoon magazine. Right, right. And this was a joke. I got $25 for it. I go, Warner Brothers has just announced production of Lost in Space, the movie. And it was like, and you're, I'm sure you're going, where's the joke? And there was a Lost in Space, the movie. 
uh, you know, like five years after that. But at the time, it seemed like the stupidest idea in the world. You know? <laughs> You're going to turn this cheesy old TV show into a film. <laughs> I love that. So, I mean, it, like- I mean, what I'm trying to say, I guess the Simpsons is higher profile. We've been around longer and told more jokes, but this kind of thing does happen all the time. Mm-hmm. I love I mean, this it. This is like somebody saying, you know, like saying there's going to be a Fast and the Furious 12. Right. Know, exactly. came out, right. And now we're at like, what, nine or something. So, right. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it totally makes sense. So this is actually so I think that that's one side of it where you kind of take take a little bit of the the like Trump ran for president. He's a ridiculous person. It, you know, kind of, you know, one plus one equals two. Right. But like this one I, I saw that I was just like, wow, that is actually a fascinating bit right and i think that this actually speaks to the intelligence of the writers but so the nobel prize so this is in season 22 episode one right uh predicted in 2010 so this was you guys predicting the nobel prize winner yeah or millhouse predicting it so this was you know burnt burnt holmstrom uh haven't won didn't win the nobel prize in economics until 2016 but uh millhouse Put no, him on the put him on the Nobel Prize betting <laughs> pool, which in itself is hilarious, by the way. Right. Um, so where where did this one come from? If yeah, you can speak to it, I don't, I you don't have to speak remember. to every single one of them. But I, this is I, I was there for it, and what I like it's ten years ago, so it was before Simpsons yeah. predicted it, but it was just right. It was in a script and. It was just this funny idea. I feel like it was the bullies were running a betting pool on the Nobel Prize. And that was right. that was a joke. It's a pretty funny idea. Yeah. And then we said, and then it was, I'm going to say it was Tim Long. It was one of our writers saying, well, let's, let's try and handicap this. Let's try and find out who's going to win the Nobel Prize in, I think, economics. I don't remember any of the details. He made some calls and he did some research to see who the front runners were to win the Nobel Prize in economics. And this was the name that kept popping up. So he put it in the show. So that's one time. Yeah, we literally did. And I think it's the only time we literally tried to predict something. And it just involved, you know, five minutes on the Internet to to figure it out. Seeing who's That's yeah, who are the favorites? Yeah. yeah, but this is—I mean, I guess what I find so compelling about that though is like you know, I, I always I always talk to my girlfriend about with with King of the Hill this way, right? Where I like love King of the Hill because I think yeah. it's just like I, I think Mike Judge is just a genius, and and she just thinks it's like the dumbest show in the world, and I'm kind of <laughs> like, well, yeah, but no, right? And <laughs> I think that it's kind of like that the is, Simpsons, but right? No, <laughs> where where I think Simpsons can be very stupid and like extremely intelligent simultaneously, and they don't they don't. Uh, cancel each other out. I feel like they coexist really comfortably. I think that's and the so, sweet spot. Yeah, like, that is the sweet spot. I mean, I think yeah. that the fact that you can work in this joke about the Nobel Peace Prize in economics and get it right, right, mm-hmm. while also you know having like I was I was watching I, I was uh, my, my friends. I mean, this is actually the only time that I've really watched it like very focused. Is my friends for Halloween? They they love watching the Treehouse of Horror series so we just kind of like go through them mm-hmm. which are amazing i know you've written you were you're credited with writing a couple of them and so i was watching i think three last night and it was a joke where it was just like it was when when the king kong like the homer king kong and somebody from the crowd goes look at the size of that platform <laughs> <laughs> so stupid and so funny and but it's like that is so dumb but 
the Nobel Prize, like they they coexist in this world of humor that I just find so compelling as like a writing strategy where like you don't have to write it dumb if you're using smart references, you know, and like like you can make a fart joke, but in a in a way that is it still alludes to this hyper intelligent understanding of the context of the fart joke that makes it feel smart and dumb at the same time which I is love just fascinating that. So. i love hyper intelligence of the fart joke yeah oh. and it is you know when we were again making the show that first summer it was a summer job nobody i've, I've told the story way too often that we made 13 over a summer and i was sitting in the writer's room before it came on and i said how long do you think this show is going to go on? And everybody had the same answer. We all said six weeks. So not only did right. we not think it would succeed, we didn't even think we'd get to show all 13 we made. So that's wow. a bad prediction. But yep. those were the days when if you tried to do something different on TV, you'd get canceled after six weeks. Right. So right. that was all. And so as a result of that, we just said, well, nobody's watching this. Let's just do whatever we want. And that would involve, okay, we haven't heard a fart joke on TV. Now's the time we'll do a fart joke. And nobody's made a joke about Omu and Type E, you know, these Herman Melville novellas. Let's do that too. Let's just get a bunch of crap on TV that we never saw before and we'll never see again. You make a good joke in your book. Um, You say, I think, like the most... A controversial and racy show on the air at the time was Golden Girls. Golden Girls, <laughs> the most so, and reverent show on TV. Yes, and, and I was laughing because uh, corpses and a mummy. <laughs> and then The Simpsons was came out, and you're kind of going like, "Yeah, the, at the time that the shows that were out were not, you know, were not what we think of TV today at all." And that's it. So you know, those of you whose parents wouldn't let you watch it, it's very reasonable. And people would ask me, how old, when can I let my kids watch The Simpsons? And I would always go, I don't know, 12. I don't have kids, but I thought 12 is a good age. And now, yeah. you know, you're watching it with your four-year-old. And but I probably father, shouldn't so. be. <laughs> so, okay, uh, what, one of my, dog. I pulled up another one, by the way. Yeah, this one is like the most insane prediction in my opinion, because I feel like you can't, this one's one's just like, you can't get this wrong because (laughs) according to one of the physicists who like looked at what the, so let me throw up what the actual equation. Yeah. Yeah. So let me share a different tab real quick because apparently a a physicist named Simon Singh who is also the author of The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secrets. Which is also fucking nuts that there's a book about The Simpsons and Mathematical Secrets. So (laughs) he actually looks, apparently, this equation that Homer is working through um, is, if you work it out, you get the mass of a Higgs boson that's only a bit larger than the la- the nanomass of a Higgs of what a Higgs boson actually is. So the Higgs boson's an elementary particle that helps explain why other particles in the universe have mass. So this is something that in it was done in 1998 right. and the Higgs boson is something that was discovered in 2013 after like 13 billion dollars were funneled into an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> and like 
someone's looking back and it's like, we could have just probably skipped that part and <laughs> looked at the, <laughs> what Homer was writing down in this. Then look episode. at the donut transition there. It's all in the donut. See? Yeah. It's yeah. all in the donut. Like, and that, you know, there's a great story that goes with the other equation <laughs> he's got there too. And, and again, it's not so much that we're predictive or anything and we're right. psychics, but we work really hard. And yeah, you know, totally. we, I think for whenever we had something like this, we'd go to David Cohen. David Cohen's the creator of Futurama. David Cohen yep. was a scientist before he was a before he's writing fart jokes. <laughs> he's, a, he's a very brilliant scientist. So he said, David, give us something to put on the blackboard. And, you know, <laughs> Up until in the old days of TV, you just fake it, you know, X equals equals a fish or something like that. Nobody cared. We said, give us something good here. So we did. We said, figure out your best guesstimate for the Higgs boson mass. Mm. And so it is real science from a real scientist. And Every, I think everybody's in on – everyone loves to play the game where they go, and Simpsons predicted it, and scientists are going, it's right. remarkable. I think we were off by 10 million percent. I think it's, <laughs> it's literally the Higgs boson was 100,000 times smaller than we predicted. It's some ridiculous Damn. number like that. So we weren't really that close, but I think in science terms, 10 million percent is close enough. quantum numbers and that kind of thing yeah yeah i mean and and also just no other show is making the kind of effort that would be required to try to extend a joke that way i mean i think that's kind of again that's what makes it so interesting is like uh, anywhere else where they're doing that you just said it where like they put an equation on the board and they just go oh this is this is just like cat plus dog equals fish, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But then you guys go, well, that's not funny. That's not interesting. We're going to actually do the thing, right? And then end it with a donut, right? But ultimately using this thing. I mean, I also think about the writing on like Arrested Development. I've always like been so compelled by that show is like, if you watch it, every joke is a compounding joke from f- six episodes before right. and then three seasons before. And then you just, you can't stop watching it because it just is like, so well written and and so i think seeing that kind of thing in in comedy i think is really special because it's you know you you do see like in you know true detective or something like that in the first season of true detective you're like wow i can't believe they've stitched all these whatever it's so well written but we think of well written in drama as a as like poetry right it's about like the the dialogue and the relationship of the characters but i think well written in comedy is like a different metric entirely it's like a it, it is an intelligence of the way that something connects to other pieces there you go we have our dog (laughs) it's right on cue doc bob this is basically the today show over here (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah yeah yeah, that's what's so interesting about it yeah, I think what, what makes it, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to add, like, glom onto that. But yeah. sort of this adding, like, a specificity and a detail to a joke makes the joke better. And I think that's something you said. You guys work really hard. You sort of, you know, you you know that. And so you go that extra mile, that extra step to find the, the most specific, most obscure detail, which I think the real nerds of the show go, yes, like, that's what we love about this show is the detail, the specificity. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what's really funny right. and makes it different than other jokes that might be similar because that's always well, going to really hard is, is yeah. all it comes down to. And if the Simpsons can be credited with anything, 
uh, I just remember I worked for 10 years in TV before I went to The Simpsons. And we always worked long hours, but you never worked that hard. You never cared about every joke and you never cared about researching and getting your details exactly right. Nobody cared about that stuff till us. And that's something we brought to it. And it brings me to uh, Arrested Development, which is, you know, they used to write that show two doors down, you know, and it's it's two buildings away from us doing The Simpsons. And those people worked harder. They worked as hard as human beings are physically capable of working, which is they, you know, they work 20 hours a day and they work seven days a week. And uh, that was it. They worked to exhaustion. And there was one day my wife and I, it was like three in the morning on a Sunday. And I go, I'm hungry. And she, she says, nothing's open. And I go, Arrested Development is going to be open. So we, <laughs> we go, I said, I know they're going to be working. It's only three in the morning on a Sunday. And I go in and there they are in the middle of work day. And I, you know, I just, I'm just here to get some, uh, some cinnamon peanuts and (laughs) and their snack room and got some food. So the work shows the work. You can't fake that. No, that's so true. I I mean, I wonder, because I think I, I find that when I'm, when I'm writing in those kind of like, you know, half lucid kind of hyper manic states of writing, I, I, I don't, find myself as productive i I, like second guess every single thing i do and i can't you know i can't get past like this one like tiny minutiae and i I kind of at at a certain point i'm just banging my head against the wall but it sounds like with you guys and i think even something like rest development it's it's a matter it 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 what what about that kind of work process makes it effective versus versus being destructive it's well it can be both and as i say there there are people who are called perfectionists and they're just churning. They're just going through it and second guessing and third guessing and they have something good and then they throw it out. And I hate that kind of job. And I've had those kind of jobs too, but it's just sort of working productively and, you know, always moving forward. You know, the show I've been watching a lot. I'm so late to the game. I've been watching Rick and Morty. And I I said, well, I know how to make cartoons and I don't know how they do this. I can, I can see the levels of hard work and every episode, I think, you know, if I were working on that story, I'd go, well, I've got it and that's it. And let's do the show. And they always go three twists beyond that and make it so much better. And the the only thing I can see, and this is why we live in an age of better TV now, is you don't have to make as many. You only make as many as, as are good. You know, mm-hmm. it used to be just given when I started in TV, you got to make 22 of these. And even James L. Brooks, you know, with such a stellar reputation, he says, you do a couple of good ones, a couple of bad ones, and everything else in between. But now, you know, if a network will say you only have to make 10 episodes in two years, like Rick and Morty, they go, all right, we'll make every single one a classic. Totally, totally. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, I'm pulling Don back on. He fell off for a second. Um, yeah, hey. I, I mean, Rick and Morty's a, a really <laughs> interesting one, too, because Rick and Morty feels like it, 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 it. they are, they go just like, 
they fly in the face of logic in almost every possible instance, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of the premise of the show, of course. But but I think that it's really interesting in in terms of writing because every time I watch it, I definitely feel like I have I, you cannot predict where it's going to go. And with Simpsons, it's like there's a little bit of a linear pathway where it's not about predicting where it can go, but you kind of like you know you know where like you know where B is going to be, and you're just watching A get to B, right? Yeah. With I think Rick and Morty, it feels like they 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 say, "Hey, we're starting here," and then they don't tell you where it's going to go, and they just let it happen, right? Right. And and I think that that's a really fascinating way of doing it. And I think you know, I mean, this is we, you know, Free Day. We've never really talked about your experience. I think in writing this capacity. So so Free Day wrote the show called Workaholics. Workaholics. You yeah. have yeah, that. I, I'm a I'm a co-creator of the show. Yeah. So I. What? I I designed it. Um, we, we wrote it as a web series for YouTube yeah. way back in 2006 or seven, I think. And then that was our sort of, you know, pitch material that we pitched to Comedy Central who bought it. And then all of a sudden we were making a show and I didn't really know how to write scripts. You know, it was like one of those situations. And so I had to retroactively figure out how to make a TV show. And um and then it went on for seven seasons. It's actually coming back. Um, oh, wow. Same guys on Paramount Plus this year. This is not a plug for Paramount Plus, but damn, they're kind of, they're kind of relaunching their um, their own. I think Viacom owns Comedy Central, which owns the show. So it's all that it's, show is so great. It's so um, great, and yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of got mad in that I don't think it was. It, most of what you hear on TV that's supposed to be great, I think is terrible. I don't like them at all. I'm talking Mad Men. I think that's a piece of crap. Me and too. Then, and then I stumble on something like Workaholics, which I kind of knew was out there, and I see a billboard. I go, every episode is friggin' great. It's so funny, and these guys are so lovable and terrific. Yeah, I love that show. Awesome. So, oh, awesome. Too. Cool. Yeah. How can you bury a lead like that? That <laughs> <laughs> It seems like we buried the lead for like six years because a yeah. few of our listeners are like, "What?" Yeah, we've we never uh, really uh, talked talk about that. I, I get yeah, we only, about only anonymous, only anonymous internet users. That's, that's what we're known for on this on this podcast. <laughs> You weren't listed in the credits as my free day. No, exactly. Yeah, I have a first and last name. Sometimes, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, for for us, that was like I went to a shitty college. Uh-huh. There's two colleges in the TV world, that, and and I wanted to bring this up to you. There's uh, Harvard, yeah. and you the Harvard Lamp- Lampoon, or, yeah. or there's Arizona State, which is what Harvard makes fun of, which is where <laughs> I went to school. So that's the Harvard of the Southwest. Well, I feel like you can go one of two directions in education: the best. Or the worst. And so <laughs> I chose, <laughs> I was a late bloomer and I went the other way. But all of, you know, that show for me was coming out of college essentially extremely unprepared for mm-hmm. the, the professional world. And then a lot of my friends were in that same boat. It's like, well, what do you do now? You get a shitty sales job. Well, what's that like? This is fucking miserable. Oh my God. <laughs> this is the, the polar opposite of what we were doing last summer uh, at pools in Arizona is now we're in an office wearing shitty suits trying to sell some crap to people that don't want to buy it. So like, and so what do we do to get through the day? We smoke weed. We drink too much. Maybe we drop acid at work, whatever. Um, 
you know, that's kind of the DNA or the nucleus of where that show comes out of struggling to kind of like figure out your twenties when you're extremely unprepared coming out of a college, like my alma mater, which by the way, is a pretty good school. The research facilities are, <laughs> are second to none. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we're all familiar with Grady Gamage Auditorium. and That's but, right. But the uh, Simpsons right. famously made fun of uh, Arizona State a handful of times, and everybody does. But um, uh, Well, we felt, also do on this felt, podcast. And so fair. do we. And, and so yeah. do I, yeah. But yes, I, I, it is a nice school. I, I live like uh, <laughs> five minutes away from that. For many years, and my brother went to school oh, there. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. You know, oh, it's cool. a college. It's a, it's, it's a college. <laughs> you know, I'm, if you Google Mike Reese, you Google my name, the first thing that comes up is hates Harvard. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I went to supposedly a good school, and I wish I wish a massive sinkhole would swallow that horrible place up. <laughs> I, would, I would pick it to swallow harvard and then mar-a-lago in that order uh, <laughs> harvard mar-a-lago and then the entire country of spain i think is what we've gotten out of this <laughs> mar-a-lago is is on um it could be swallowed by a sinkhole just from where it is in yeah, florida right I mean, i'm a bit of a geologist on the side you know <laughs> I think I think if you write that into an episode right now, I think it means it's going to come true in like twenty twenty eight. So I think you know, if you, yeah, that, if you wish it, Mike, I think it comes true. I think that's what we've gotten out of this whole episode. So if you want Mar-a-Lago to not exist, or if you want Harvard to not exist, you just got to write it into a Simpsons episode. Yeah, oh, please, please, please. please. Uh, <laughs> this is like the new thing of uh, like steamed ham. That kind of it was like Bill Oakley turns in a script whatever 27 years ago and it's got it's 22 short films about springfield and one of them had the steam pans run in it and i remember reading it and i told bill gee that's the funniest thing i ever read and then nothing happens nothing happens for 20 years and then suddenly it's all over the internet it's meme to death steamed hands and bill oakley you know, suddenly I steamed hams and I'll come to your town and steam a ham. And it's so ridiculous. Carson, Carson Daly's comment, calling him for comment. He's like, what? Well, we're, uh, we're closing in on the, the kind of end of this soon. I know we're, okay. we're kind of uh, at eight eight forty five. So um, I think I would actually love to know a little bit, Mike, what, what you're like of, you know, kind of getting to the, the prediction theme still. I know that we yeah. have wandered away from it m- many times, but w- what would you say of your experience writing on the show and kind of being associated with the show for so long, what was, what was one that you were like, damn, I could never have expected this. Like what, it, what like a prediction that you just like, Holy shit. It just happened. It just happened. Cause I mean, for years I just go, I get it. This is dumb. These things happen, all of that. Right. And then Kamala Harris is uh, whatever is uh, inaugurated as VP right. and she's wearing exactly the same outfit. Lisa Moore is president. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh, I saw that, that one was too. That's where I go, what the, how did that happen? And, you know, there's no explanation for it unless, you know, subliminally, you know, Kamala's dresser right. was a Simpsons fan. I can't believe it. And that's it. I, you know, that's the I can only find out. I, I don't have an explanation for it. And I, I saw that. And I go, oh, maybe all these guys are right. 
I will. Um, this is insane. It was absolutely insane. I saw this and I was just like, wow, our nation. Like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, my my wife works in uh, styling and, and and worked with some people that worked in this in, at this inauguration. So I'm going to go dig up an answer about that. And I'm going to email it to you guys after this. Okay. We'll get to the bottom of this thing because that's too crazy. Yeah, I, I also think that there's. I mean, this is kind of our uh, our putting on our conspiracy hats here. But I I think yeah. that the the people who work in I think the people who work in political um, advisory roles are either are are both, and sometimes they're one or the other. Are like extremely dumb. Like I can't believe how dumb they are. But also. <laughs> There's some people that I'm just like, man, you are thinking many steps ahead. So I always wonder this about the political <laughs> roles of these people, about whether or not they have digital literacy and an understanding that, you know, if you make Kamala dress like this Simpsons character from uh, this one episode, people are going to make a thing about it on the Internet. It's what happens and it's going to increase relevancy of her as a likable character. So we suggest doing it this way. Because it just seems like I'm just like I can't believe like it doesn't make sense that this would have happened like that she'd be dressed exactly like this for an episode where Lisa is being a uh, was was Lisa the president was she she was the president yeah. that's cra- was, that does, that's crazy yeah it was all working backwards too from uh, a pretty shaky idea that just Bart said we said what will Bart be like and as an adult and it's like yeah. he'd be like the brother of a president like roger clinton right. or billy yeah. carter and right. you know obama obama's got a, a sort of a bum brother too right yeah they all have bum <laughs> brother and that was gonna be the whole comic premise is bart is the right. bum brother of a president yeah. and and in fact you know Perfect. this episode which is so cited now simpsons predicted it blah 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 the, at the time it came out, USA Today ranked it as the worst Simpsons of all time. Oh, and, uh, that was it. They, they ranked, I think it was when we did our 300th episode, they ranked them 1 to 300, mm. which you know, <laughs> is idiotic anyhow. Yeah, but they did it, and there it was. That was number 300. And so year, years later, I'm on Twitter, and I'm making some joke about Simpsons predicted it, and and a guy writes in, I'm, I'm a USA Today writer. I covered it. And I said, yes, you're the one who's the worst episode ever. Uh, <laughs> I remember we, you. We remember like stuff. Me. I remember yeah. stuff. I have, uh, I have kind of like another one more, maybe towards the end, broad kind of question to propose. But, okay. you know, it, I feel like, and you tell me, like in the 90s, did we take ourselves more seriously as 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 a country and, and in our culture? And things seem so off the rails now where everyone's like, like there's no rules anymore. Like the shamelessness is just uh, everyone's TikTok and with their shirt off 24 seven. Like, I feel like in the nineties, people at least held themselves with in in a higher esteem, like publicly, like there was a little more like, I wouldn't say class, but like, um, like people seem to care more about how they were perceived publicly or something. But like, what did that, give you guys a, a better um, platform to make fun of. And now is it harder to make fun of people because they're so shameless? Like have, have the dynamics changed a little bit and sort of ridiculing or satirizing because the culture seems to have shifted so hard. And 
But yeah, or, it, or am I just getting old? You know, I don't no, know. No, no, no. You're, you're right. I mean, when you talk about the, you know, watch the first season of The Simpsons. I mean, don't watch it because it's not that great. But if you watch it and go, this is what scandalized the nation. This was yeah. shocking. We were condemned by the National Council of Churches. <laughs> President George Bush Sr. Yeah, right. came out and criticized the show. And you watch it and it's, it's not only tame, it's kind of boring, but that that's what it used to take to, to shock everybody. It didn't take much. Wow. And, there, and there's some, if anyone ever wanted to give Donald Trump credit, you know, there's something they should give him credit for, which is there used to be a million unwritten rules and they didn't matter. And none right. of us, everyone thought, well, you know, yeah, if you're going to go into a presidential debate, you're going to have to at least do a little research or behave yourself. No, it didn't matter. And, <laughs> and Trump, you know, he lost every debate he was ever in. He wasn't even trying. And it, it didn't matter. And you go, mm-hmm. oh, wow, well, there's a good lesson. Presidential debates don't matter. Right. There was a yeah. guy, just to give one more historical fact, there was a guy named Howard Dean. And I don't yeah, know Howard Dean. Howard Dean, they were going, he's going to be the next Democratic nominee, next president. And he lost the New Hampshire primary and he came out and he, that night he goes, well, we're going to win Connecticut. Woo. And we're going to win Arizona. Woo. And And everyone goes, and that's what killed his career. He said, woo. And he said, woo too much. And it was like, now we know from Trump, you know, Trump would do a woo a day. He would do something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Had nothing to do with anything, and it was just no. sort of people's minds were made up about Howard Dean, and they didn't like him. And it was sort of just the media going, "Oh, he should have said woo so much." <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Oh Sorry. man, that's it. So that is the answer. Yes, the world. You know, it's Trump has woken us up to anything goes. There are no rules, and we sort of. And I'm going to get too philosophical for a second. Please. So much of our modern society is based on people just going, hey, unwritten rules, nobody wrote them. So an, an example of that is Uber. You know, everyone just used to think, well, you can only get in a taxi. You're not going to get in a car with a stranger, a guy who's just a guy can't be a taxi. And Uber said, why? Where is Aaron? So suddenly Uber and you know, Airbnb, uh, there's either a hotel or someone's house. And someone says, eh, why can't a house be a hotel? So yeah. that's the world yeah. we live in now. That's a good way to get rich right now is just to figure out what is something we're all taking for granted that's just totally. not really a rule. Yeah. As, the, as the world changes, we, we will always have the Simpsons, hopefully, to keep well, us to keep us tethered. The, yeah. the, you know, the Simpsons is always as good as the world is bad. Yes. So, oh, that's a fact. I mean, that's a that's a brilliant takeaway, honestly. I mean, that that is. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because the world continues getting worse, I think, in a lot of ways. <laughs> Um, so Which is I, just you know, great news for The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, and I think you guys have. I mean, you guys have been going for thirty-three seasons now, or something. So it's so I think that it, the fact that you got renewed for thirty-four and thirty-five, I mean, I don't know if that's worthy of celebration or if you guys are like, yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, but you know, which, it's continuing yeah. to get renewed. So nobody's going to cancel. Which executive is going to be like, you know what? I have a big idea. 
let's cancel the Simpsons. Like it, it's going to be a hard <laughs> yeah. call to make. That's, a, that's an emboldened, very, very emboldened person at that point. So yeah, um, I know. I hope it goes this, forever. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully. Yeah. So this is another one, by the way, I think it's probably maybe one of the last ones we can do. Um, I find this image absolutely insane. So if anybody's <laughs> not on, if you're just listening to this podcast, this is an image of the UK, um, the UK, uh, I guess the Brexit vote. And it is like almost to the pixel of the photo of, of Homer and the Moo Moo. Right. <laughs> my favorite what episode, I think. The world. Yeah, this is like uh, insane. I love it. The shape of England is the shape of Homer and a Moo Moo. Like right. the colors. colors they chose are the colors of the Moo Moo. Like it's just, it's beautiful. It makes me wonder if the person who chose the colors was like, you know what? The shape kind of reminds me of. I mean, it could be a troll, right? Like it, it could, could be, be. A, it could be a troll, but it it definitely feels like this is another one of those that I'm just like, this has nothing to do with the intelligence of the writing. <laughs> this is entirely to do with like the cause forces behind the Simpsons for whatever reason. Spirit of Baba like, Vanga. Stars. Yeah, I know. Very, and who who figured that out? It certainly wasn't <laughs> totally. us. We're, we're going to dress Homer in a moo-moo that looks like a future Brexit map of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who saw that Brexit map? Go, hey, this looks like Homer. You know, he's a bigger fan than me. Notice that. <laughs> are, there, right. are there anybody, was there anybody on the staff that just claims, uh, that they predicted all this stuff that's extremely egotistical about the claims. Like, oh yeah, I definitely made that on purpose. <laughs> I kind of like can, that this approach. This is your opportunity to throw Matt Groening under the bus, by the way. We're, <laughs> we're happy to, to tarnish his name. Yeah, if I can tell a real quick story, it's uh, the, a great thing that keeps everyone humble at The Simpsons is the idea that the show would be exactly as good without you. Even, even you know, I'd given uh, half my life to the show and I worked so hard for at least a few years there. But if I'd never been born, the show would be exactly the same. So everyone's pretty humble, except this one guy who worked <laughs> at the show. Nobody liked this guy. And one day he came in, we said he'd been gone for a week on vacation and it was a vacation for us. He wasn't there. <laughs> And we said, how was your vacation? He said, well, you know, people heard I worked on The Simpsons and they were going to be funny, do something funny. And I said, I make America laugh 360 days a year. Can't I have five days to myself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you fucking shitting me? Hey, you've never made anybody laugh. We've never gotten a joke in the show. So the only contribution this guy ever made to the show is we took that line and we had Krusty say it. Uh, <laughs> that's the best that's Krusty like, line of all time. Yeah. That's the insult, too. Krusty <laughs> say it. He's just I mean, drinking that bottle yeah. of triple X liquor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, such a, it's such an interesting i mean i i uh i hope the show goes on forever i'm gonna start doing the i've been doing this with the wire where i'm just like shit man I, I i just have to watch the wire i'm such an idiot i can't believe i didn't watch it so now i'm like gonna do the exact same thing with the simpsons and probably i mean knowing how i am i'm probably just gonna watch treehouse of horror over and over again and just like <laughs> call that my simpsons experience I like that kind of stuff, but um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start going through. Maybe I'll start with that 300 list. I'll start with the 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 quote unquote worst Simpsons episode yeah, ever. Yeah, work your way up. 
tick away, tick away over and over again. Just like it's, it's so great when when you have kids, you get Disney Plus. One of just one of the greatest things about Disney Plus as a parent is you go, oh sweet, the Simpsons are here. All of the Simpsons are here, a hundred percent of them. It's the it's the best gift. So I'm excited what? to watch them all with my kids. Oh, now. Um, that's yeah. the all right. Well, if do we have any other closing remarks for Mike? Do we have any other questions or or thoughts? I just uh, pumped for tomorrow's <laughs> episode of. <laughs> Mike's what podcast. Am what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Um, the, so tomorrow, which this will probably be out by then, but tomorrow you said was uh, Iceland, right? I think it's Iceland and the Sudan. It just shows you what you get on the show. Iceland, <laughs> and then I immediately go to an African country nobody's ever visited. And oh, if you're amazing. if you're a Simpsons oh, wonk, uh, the book I've been listening to it. Mike reads it. It's super funny, and you get a million great stories about everything. So I totally recommend that too. Springfield Confidential. Springfield Peter Confidential. Robert. Yes. Confidential. Check out his Twitter too, Mike Reese Writer. Oh, yeah. um, right. So many awesome, just like little tidbits all the time. And um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just thanks for thanks for joining us. Like three oh, people gosh, in no. the house with dogs. <laughs> This was really fun. I'm so glad I didn't have to talk about Reddit at all. Uh, no way. It's over Reddit, 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 Reddit. I go like, go through Reddit. there, and then I looked at it. I go, Jesus, You're like, this is the ugliest website. <laughs> very chaotic website. It's a very chaotic website. Was this designed by the Soviets in the 50s? <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I love I love that our fans too. I mean, we're gonna have we're gonna you're getting new Simpsons watchers. I know you guys were really really scraping the barrel on audience. You guys, really needed, you guys really needed new Simpsons audience. So well, that's uh, that's what you're gonna get out of this. So um, and we'll have to we'll have to have you on again when we do our uh, coveted North Korea episode because I know you've okay. been in North Korea. Yes. So thank me, guys. This was really fun. So oh, thank you so thank much, much Mike. Well, thank it you so much. Well, all right. Th- thank you all for listening. This is Digi Reddit, a weekly podcast about the internet by way of right at the front page of the internet. My name is It's Your Dad. I'm Dog Boobs. My free day. And Mike Reese. <laughs> Mike Reese of Simpsons fame, the longest running Simpsons writer, EP creator. Are you considered a creator on the show or is that just Matt alone? It's, uh, Matt Grading gets the credit. He'll introduce me as the creator. Which is, wow. which is very generous of him and you know just, just, just throwing you your own just like, oh, yeah, three like houses and i live yeah. in an apartment but yeah <laughs> <laughs> a nice apartment in manhattan though i'm sure so. love it um and you know what we're gonna credit weird al yankovich for being on this two show or, <laughs> yeah. you know, he wasn't here we and your doorman yeah, and yeah, my door. the doorman Trevor the funny doorman Love the it. funny doorman. So, <laughs> all right. Thank y'all for listening. See you later. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.